pudding, and the pudding in this case is a football. Move, eat my goal. The goalie has got football pie all over his shirt. Um, welcome to this episode of the Down the Pool podcast. On this episode, uh, myself and Gary are reviewing two games because uh, they were cl- quite close together. We're reviewing the Valor game on Saturday and then the Guelph. Am I saying that right? Guelph United. I'm uh, the worst person in the world for pronunciation. <laughs> so, yeah, whatever, whatever you think, mate. Yeah, let's go with Guelph. You, uh, you so- wait till we start playing the Quebec teams. That's a <laughs> real shit show then. <laughs> I'm just going to stop doing the podcast. So, yeah, so um, uh, so we've got, we had uh, we had Guelph in the Canadian Championship as well. So, um, welcome back to the show, Gary. We appreciate you hanging out again to do these reviews. I hope you're enjoying doing them. Yeah, I love it, mate. It's great fun. Yeah. Um, so, the first game is obviously the Valor game. So, I, I thought we'd just take a little look at, the squad selection where I think that Stephen Hart obviously had the choose a game in mind when he kind of decided on this one. So I guess my first question to you would be, um, do you think that was wise? Like what was the more important game in your eyes, the league game or the Canadian championship game? It, I mean, the answer is it was the Canadian championship game, but I've got this thing where I always, and with Arsenal as well, I've always been like this, like the league, even when we're not doing that well, the league is the one thing that matters most to me. So on a personal level, I, I actually think we've got quite a good playoff chance this year. So the league was a priority for me. But if you if you work at the club, if you count, if you're in charge of the accounts at the club, <laughs> then you you want that Toronto game because that's going to sell out in five minutes and people are going to spend a lot of money at that game. A lot of merchandise will get sold. It's great in terms of like optics for the club, globe, maybe not globally, but certainly within North America. So, yeah, I think the the answer is it was the Guelph game. But personally, I, I maybe a bit old fashioned, but I always prioritize the league. What What about you? I I I, I see totally why the Tuesday game, the Canadian Championship game, was more important. I know why they did that, and it's obviously like let's not. Be stupid, and and Stephen Harrison, a stupid man too. That he obviously knew himself that the Tuesday game was way more important to get TFC at home. But I agree with you, though. Like I think the league to me is way more important, and it was a risk. It was a risky gamble. I thought. Like I think that um, if you truly believe your squad is good enough, we should have had enough in the tank. Like with the like we're kind of our players that aren't playing week in week out, like our starters should have been good enough to win the game on Tuesday. You know what I mean? Because we're playing mm. League One Ontario um, opposition. So we should have been, we, I think we should have had enough. And I mean, it, it was largely the same team. It was only, there was only a few that had come in that, you, like Jeremy dropping out, obviously, Santos dropping out. Um, but it, it wasn't that different. And I think that's because Guelph also played on Saturday. So yeah. as soon as you see that Guelph are playing on Saturday, they played pretty much their strongest team as well. Then you, you you can kind of go okay they they'll be just as tired so yeah no danger but that, that was just that, like I, I I agree with you that the league to me is more important but you know it's obviously going to be amazing to have TFC in, in mm. Halifax so we, we got to see uh, Mr Robinson um, playing his first full game or starting his starting uh, for the first time so what did you think of his performance and what do you think that he brought different to the team than maybe what Akeem brings or um, or, or Corey even in that kind of in that kind of role. I think what's interesting at the moment is 
even though Morelli's injured, we we now, for the first time, I think in three, four years, have really, really defined attacking principles. And instead of reworking that to fit in a different player, we're just plugging someone into that role and going, this, this is our workaround and we're eventually going to hopefully land on someone who can play that same as Morelli, which I, I admire, actually. I like the fact that we've got this really defined way of playing now and um yeah and Saturday was Morelli's um sorry Saturday was Robinson's dress rehearsal for that and he, he was fine actually I thought he did well um he, he, was, he was finding his legs a little bit at the start I thought um a couple of rough touches but he, he found his way into the game he was dropping deep and linking well um he, he's one of those players and I, I thought this when he came on a sub a few times where if you've watched football for long enough you can tell I think within two or three seconds how not how good someone is completely but you go okay they're a player or they're not a player just the way they carry their body the way they shape it when they when they receive passes and instantly you look at him and go right he's definitely gone through an academy system just technically he's really really good um so I yeah I think I think he's going to have to get used to the pace of a professional league. Uh, and I think we can kind of fold that into when we talk about the Guelph game and how a lot of players from League One Ontario just, they don't have the pace or the speed of thought yet. But I think once he gets used to the pace, once he gets used to playing with with adults, he's yeah he's going to be a good player for us. And I didn't think I would see him centrally, to be honest. I was very surprised by that. But when when you see how we play, it makes a bit more sense because he was dropping really deep like Morelli was and Marshall and Bent were pinching right in being basically de facto centre forwards. They were, um, they weren't really staying that wide in that game. So they were playing centrally as centre forwards and he was playing more as a, a false nine, whatever you want to call it, sort of, sort of role in the middle. Um, but yeah, he was good. I thought. Yeah. I, I, I thought he had a really good game. Like, like he, um, even like just starting off, uh, like, as you said, like, you can kind of tell that um, he knows the game and uh, his touch was really good, and um, it didn't seem to phase him at all. Like it wasn't. I, I, I think it helps the fact that they're in a thirty-five thousand seater stadium and there's like four thousand people there. I think that kind of helps. You know what I mean? Because you don't have everybody in on top of you, and it kind of gives you a bit of breathing space. I was actually going to touch on this a little bit, and it, I, it's not like. Might sound like a bit of a crazy take, but I'm not trying to be Garrett Wheeler or nothing like that. But I actually think in the last couple of games without Joe Morelli, we've played a lot better. And I, I, I think it's because when Joe plays, we try and push everything through him because, because he's a star man. And teams, I think, have got wise to it. And we're kind of like, all we need to do is really watch Joe Morelli and then Halifax can't tick. They, like, they, they just don't work. Whereas I find that you kind of mentioned it before that other players like have needed to step up a little bit and Corey Bent has been one of them. I actually think we're a lot more dynamic going forward. Like I was actually really surprised at like how I, for the first time, I think it's like probably in all the times I've been a Wanderers fan, I actually enjoyed watching them. I actually, those two games, I actually enjoyed watching them play. I, I like the brand of football. I think it's pretty dynamic. I thought Corey Bent was amazing at how much he was like willing to take players on and attack like, and I think that's what we've always kind of expected from him. And I, I think, it, like, you know, as I said, like, everything always seemed to go through through jam. We're kind of the, you depending on other people to do more. And I think people are starting to step up to the plate a little bit. What do, what do you think? No, 100% agree. Yeah, I think we've looked... I thought I was going to have to fight you on this, but you agree, so that's good. Yeah. No, yeah, I, th- I think we've looked brilliant the last two games, actually. I know there's... You can kind of 
filter Guelph through the crapatron or whatever you want to call it but like <laughs> obvious obvious caveats there but we look we look very dangerous in attack like the our problem used to always be we were good up until the final third and now we're good until the final tenth. Like we, <laughs> we we even get that we create chances now, really really good chances. When before we couldn't we couldn't create shit, yeah. could we? Like yeah. it'd get to like that kind of last third, and it'd just go. Um, but now we're actually creating the chances. But obviously, and we will get onto this. I'm sure the next step is then putting them away. But yeah, we we play really attacking, really modern football, and I think it's. It's very refreshing because we haven't always played that way, and we've watched we've watched some real shit over the years. Let's be honest, but at the moment, it's not. It's very good. It's very attacking, and I agree. Um, I think Morelli was such a talisman for the team that his teammates obviously revered him a lot as well, and rightfully so. But there is a point where they kind of defer to him when they're in better positions and and so it's nice to see how dynamic we look now how there's we have a lot of different threats don't we like before it was Morelli was going to score or no one would now you're not sure if Bent's going to be the one that misses the chance or if Marshall's going to be the one that misses the chance or Garcia's going to be the one that misses the chance but all joke but all joking aside like at least they're in them positions and yeah no we look we look really good I like I like I like watching us at the moment it's entertaining that's all you can ask for isn't it like you can forgive missed chances if we're playing exciting, good football, and we are. Yeah, and uh, I mean, even like with this one, I, I thought like uh, for the first half, anyway, like like Daniels, like we kind of thought that he would be the player that kind of fit into the Morelli role and like kind of playing in behind the front players. But like we really lacked somebody who can play a true ball, and there was two or three occasions in that first half when like it wasn't even like a thought; like he just knew to play the ball through. And I think we've really missed that. Like it, like in the last couple of seasons that we don't have like, like Rambersa and uh, Jeremy are like, and Lamotha are are technically good players, but they're not always the best. Like when we're trying to move the the play forward quickly or, you know, spot an opening. And I think Daniel's, really brings that to us what what did, did you notice that yourself too like i mean yeah I, I, definitely he, he's the first midfielder we've ever first center midfielder we've ever had with that profile who like we've we've always had so well not always so in the first season we had kind of these big very like agricultural functional midfielders and then <laughs> he, he obviously made <laughs> he obviously had like a little think and thought I wanted more technical players but I think we actually went a bit too far that way and we had nothing but these little technical players who good at triangles passing and stuff but now with Daniels we've just kind of put this real different ingredient in there and he's he'll either beat a man beat two men or look for a through ball but his first thought is always what's the quickest way from here to the goal um and as we saw he's got a fantastic shot on him as well and I'd say just very quickly as well, I just, what I've noticed with the centre midfielders as well is then the two, so playing with two eights is not you not that common really. Like normally teams play with like two sixes, don't they? And then an eight ahead. So the fact that we're playing with just Rampy on his own in there and two eights ahead adds to how attacking we look and how many how how many overloads we can create because we've normally got an extra body there. Um, the flip side to that, of course, is we we have the potential to be absolutely killed on transition this season and we there will be a game when it happens without a doubt where we just get spanked three or four nil because Rampy is left all alone in there but at the moment like we're, we're quite smart with tactical fouls 
And I, I've 100% have been told to do that because anytime those eights are caught up the pitch, and we saw it a lot against Guelph, Lamoff will literally just grab someone's shirt and pull them back. Um, I've seen Jeremy do it. They all do it because they know if if that doesn't happen, then Rampy is on his own against all of their um, counter-attacking players. So we are exposed, but we're looking much better going forward as a result. Yeah, and I also th- like I think Rabersat is like he got the man in the match for this game, which I honestly don't know how they come up with this stuff. We've talked about it before, and it just boggles my mind. Like the Valor game, yeah, yeah. Like he got, yeah. yeah, I think he got man in the match, and and he was he was really good and really effective. But I, I I don't think he like he was outstanding. He just he just did rampy things, and it's kind of weird. Like I think the the people who watch the who watch the games and commentate commentate on the games are starting to realize how much of a good player he is. Because I think in the, the Guelph game, Jimmy Brennan brought it up and talked for like a good minute or two about what Rampy brings to the Wanderers and how he makes them tick and, and all that kind of stuff. And coming from someone like Jimmy Brennan, it's obviously like a it's high praise indeed. But like it's I think they're trying to catch up with the fact that they they've been leaving him out an awful lot of this yeah. stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it, it reminds me if you remember with Michael Carrick, um there was a period where he was actually underrated and no one massively underrated um but then everyone actually then started rating him but everyone would still say oh he's so underrated and that was kind of the cliche and I feel like it's getting a bit like that with Rampy now where up until this season he was criminally underrated but now everyone actually rates him and thinks he's brilliant but we all still feel the need to go oh he's underrated though and no one gets how good he actually is so I think the once the the commentators are doing a bit of that as well like yeah like you said making up for not recognizing him before and, and I think as well, too, probably like the fact that he's, as you mentioned, like the the lone six, you're starting to see him, what he actually does on a regular basis a lot more because normally he always has somebody sitting in beside him and you don't always get to see it. Um, and I think it kind of stands out a lot more because he's actually like just shielding in front of the, the back four and you're actually getting to see what he does on a regular basis. And it's just, um, it's, it is really good to watch it. Like, I, I think he's an amazing footballer and I, just, I really do enjoy like how he goes about the game, how technically good he is. And um, yeah, he, he's amazing. But uh, I just wanted to switch a little bit back to Corey Ben. So Corey Ben's been, I don't know if he's done this before, but he seems to be taking a lot of our corners um, and uh, maybe a stem from that free kick against Pacific that we suddenly realize he's got a set pieces. But the, the level of crossing he's putting in for these corners is incredible. Like if they're not the chance to be created and trouble he's causing, like uh, I was amazed. <laughs> It's a really nice whip on it, doesn't he? Like yeah. he's got that kicking style where he can he can like whip it really where it seems to drop out of the air really quickly and come down really quickly. It's obviously how he shapes his foot or something he does it, but yeah, no, brilliant, brilliant on deliveries. And I was trying to think actually who was who was on corners before him? Was it Jeremy? Yeah, it's usually Jeremy. So Jeremy was taking them on the far side, and I think Corey was taking them on the left to try and whip them in. If you know what I mean, so. Yeah. Before, I think it was Jeremy, like, almost taking them. I think Morelli may have taken, like, one or two as well. But, mm. um, I, like, Corey Benz, like, he gave Sirwa, like, a, quite a few uh, scary moments there with some of the crosses he was bringing in. And obviously having Rampy and uh, Peter Charlotte in there, like, I think it was in the first two or three minutes we created a chance from a corner. Just, I don't think he was expecting the whip on it. Um, so, mm. yeah, it's definitely something in our, our arsenal. But I just wanted to, do, to talk a little bit about, your like, what, what you thought of Corey Benz yourself. Because I thought... This was another barnstorming performance for him, to be honest. Yeah, he's got the bit between his teeth, hasn't he? You can see he really 
he really wants to be the main person now. And he's last he's lasting games more than he used to as well. He didn't used to finish that many 90 minutes, did he? Because he's a yeah. really like high intensity, very sprinty player. Um, and he goes off on one as well. Like he'll just go on a mad <laughs> pressing session as well. Yeah. He'll like press the fullback. He'll go back to the keeper. He'll press them and he'll be really, and then he'll just be blowing for the next 10 minutes. But he's, I think he's managing his sprints a lot better. So he's lasting games now. Um, yeah, he, he's looked dangerous. He, he, he scored what, since Morelli got injured, he scored twice, hasn't he? Against okay. Edmonton and Pacific. Yeah. But he yes. could have scored a handful more as well. So he's, he's getting into them positions Morelli used to get into. And um, yeah, he's looked really good. I still, I still think he looks better from, I think we disagree, but I think he looks better from the left rather than the right. Cause I think he's just, now he's playing more centrally. He's, he's meeting the passes on his right foot and driving towards goal. So yeah, I, I, I think he's been really good lately. Yeah. Like I, I really enjoyed his performance again. I said it was kind of barnstorm. Like he, like he was, I think it was against Ottawa maybe or or York. Like he just seemed so like stayed. Like I mean, like he just kind of like wasn't adventurous. Every pass was either back or to the side, and like he would never take a man on. And now it's like it's it's every chance he gets, he's just pushing forward. And it, it's I I I just think it's a it's pure confidence. I, I don't know whether he was he wasn't feeling confident at the start of the season, but there's something that's changed and um. I, I, we talked before about it, it might be just a responsibility, but I mean, it's just fantastic to watch him when he's like in full pelt, like running at defenders. Like they're, mm. they're shit scared. It's it's great to watch. Um, and I, I think even like um, a lot of the times, like before, like his final pass wasn't the greatest, but like he's actually putting his head up and there was a couple of chances he created. Um, I think there was one from Marshall maybe in the first half that uh, he created. Um that, that I don't think before he mightn't have uh, picked them out. So it's definitely different. And, and speaking of Marshall, what did you think of his performance? Because obviously we had a chat the last time about how <laughs> ineffective he's been and uh, like kind of just c- coming in and out of games. Like what, what do you think of his performance in this one? Yeah, against Valor, he everything he did was good apart from the finishing, which was not great. <laughs> but <laughs> but we, I mean, we could say that about a lot of players over the last two games. His, his finishing was off, but I thought he was. I thought he worked really hard. And I think one of the big one of the criticisms from us the last podcast was that he, okay, you can have an off day with your touch, but at least look like you're working really hard. And I don't think he did against Edmonton, um, which might I, I, that might be unfair from us to be fair. Like I didn't focus on him the whole game but it certainly felt like that but against Valor like he was pressing well he was winning he was winning his duels he was winning the ball back and he always he looked dangerous every time he got it as well and I remember in the in the Winnipeg bubble last year he had a really good game against Valor then as well the one where he hit the bar and it went in but it was disallowed um and it kind of reminded me of that performance where everything it had everything except the goal which he uh probably deserved but then some of the finishing maybe didn't deserve as well so like i i can forgive him the finishing because i i felt it was a 180 from the game against edmonton he actually looked up for this one and i don't know whether it's stevens had a word in his his shell like and said like you know you need to start putting the performances in because you know like we're, we're, we need you and like he was taking players on he was buzzing around the edge of the box and he was getting into the box and taking players on and you know, we kind of said like uh, against Edmonton, it was a piss poor Edmonton team. This is not a this is not a bad Valor team. Like they've got some decent players. Like 
Um, uh, so you can't level the same thing at them. And we were much the better team. And I think Marshall had a big a big part to play in that. But then goals win games, unfortunately. Mm. And Valor, like you say, like they they just won six one. They had yeah. a week's rest because their game was cancelled. So. They're fresh. I mean, I don't know how many of their squad had COVID, but th- a lot of them would have been very fresh, buzzing off a 6-1 win away. So to go there and control, it def- especially the first half, completely control it, um, they didn't really ever look dangerous. And again, that's an attack that's high in confidence. Was Yeah, really good performance. Yeah, and I mean, like even like for, uh, like obviously Kieran Baskett started his first game, he looked pretty confident his kicking was pretty good like Akio had a pretty decent chance in the second half that I thought he did well to save but he didn't really have much to do and how, how would you how would you do the whole basket Oxner thing this season because I, I don't know I, I, I know you're going to ask me back but I don't know I'm just curious what you would it's, do it, it's such a it's, it's such a tough one because I, I think he's kind of made his bed by playing Oxner in the first bunch of games and I, I think he wants Oxner's got the more experience and I think that's probably his thinking is that like he probably still sees Basket as like the backup keeper like and he wants like it's great having that competition I, I thought like last year at York you had Nate Ingham and uh, uh, Nico Giansopoulos like pushing each other on and I think it really pushed Nate Ingham on and Nate Ingham had an incredible season um, and I think that's probably the thinking behind it is that like you know you put basket in for one or two games just to remind Oxner that there's somebody that's just as capable waiting in the background and in fairness like he's been getting a lot of stick Oxner and some of his performances last year were piss poor to be perfectly honest and like you know he's obviously a local hero here and you don't really want to be the person to say that so but they were pretty bad and I think this season he's been a lot more assured um, his his thought process is a lot more is like Last year, he was so rash at coming off his line. Like, he's really good at coming off his line just because he sees stuff, but he was, like, really rash. And I think he was over, like, you know, every chance that came through, he'd rush off his line. And I think it causes an awful lot of issues, like, uh, last year. Um, and I think he's kind of scaled that back a little bit. And I think, as well, because our defence is very calm in front of him, it's probably helping that he doesn't have to make those rash decisions as much as what he did last year because we've been so good defensively. Um, so yeah, like I would, I would probably keep going with Oxner like, and just have basket playing these odd games like this right now. Cause like basket's still only what 20, 21, right. And mm. Oxner's 25, 26. So, you know, that's the way I would look at it. But yeah, know. I think, I think what happened last season and Oxner having a few bad games and I think that refocused him massively. I think, in 2020 at the Island Games, I mean, I can't remember the guy's name now, but he wasn't great, was he? The Jason, yeah, Jason Belou or something, yeah, his name? yeah. yeah. Um, and I think Ox, then the next season, he gets a 19 year old kid come in as his competition and probably was thinking, eh, it's not actually competition though. And you can, um, again, I'm casting aspersions and making guesses about his thought process here, but I imagine he relaxed a little bit and you can't relax when you're a professional athlete because there's all there should always be someone who's ready to take your job from you. And I think losing his place to basket last year probably really refocused him. And I, I bet he worked very hard in the off season to get back up to his, his level. Um, and yeah, like you said, once you start playing him and he doesn't make any errors, which he hasn't done, then 
you can't you can't take him out of the team because I mean I, I think Basket's a very good goalkeeper, uh, but until Oxner has a bad run of form, then yeah, I'd stick with him too. I think, but uh, like it, I don't think it's changed like anything like the like Oxner has been one of the best goalkeepers since the league's inception, and it doesn't change overnight. Like he's he's still a great goalkeeper, and I just I just think that. Uh, last year, probably he was feeling that he's probably feeling the pressure too, right? I mean, like he had like a, as you said, like he probably just thought his life was going to be easy that he had like a 19 year old kid that probably wasn't going to be like that much of a big deal. And then like basket kind of proved him wrong. But I, I think with the Ireland games there, like I think that I think Jason was brought in to push Oxner that way because like in season one, he didn't like once, once Jan probably stopped playing if you know what I mean like like he, he kind of had it, that role to himself and I think Jason was brought in to kind of give him some competition and I think that really did help um, Oxner step up in the Ireland games and then like last year as you said he probably reverted the other way and just went like I'm Bertie big bollocks here like I, I you know what I mean so like they've brought in just he just goes as a backup so I think Kieran Basket did phenomenally well last year to, to do what he did um, but I think we're I think Stephen's um, picking a nice little balance right now. I, yeah. I kind of like it, and I think, I think Kieran himself probably really knows that, like where he is, that he'll probably just get games here and there. So yeah, and yeah, he, he's done nothing wrong. That's the thing, right? I mean, it's uh, it's, it's yeah, my 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 only thing with like having a lot of rotation with those two, and this is definitely me being a football fan who's worrying too much, and players probably don't even think about this, but just having one of your goalkeepers being right footed and one of them being left footed just there's just a little part of my brain that goes those defenders instinctively when they turn around to play that back pass are they going to play it on the wrong foot of someone if they're always and like I'm sure if a player was listening to this which I, I hope they don't by the way but if they were um, <laughs> nobody's listening to this <laughs> yeah that's true yeah. yeah it's just me and you listening to it back but I bet they're going we're not we're not fucking idiots like of course we our brain goes oh he's left footed play it to his left foot so it's just me over worrying I, 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 I actually think it's a pretty good point because it's it's muscle memory and awful lot of this stuff right so um, yeah mm. it's, it's actually a good point and, well, I, I think as well though it, it kind of just breeds confidence between amongst the defenders when um, you've got somebody who's in this, in behind this, in between the sticks, who's actually like oozing confidence themselves. And I think we start chopping and changing that, that changes a lot. So mm. yeah, I, I kind of like what, what Steven's done so far. Just kind of, you're going to play a couple of games and let Oxner do his thing. So yeah. So let's, let's hope Oxner keeps it going. Cause he's been yeah. fantastic. So um the, Moving on from the Valor game, because uh, like as I said, we, we have a six-hour podcast, we talk too in-depth about these games, but uh, a little shout-out to uh, Gander, who played that game too, which I, I tell you, a pretty decent game as well. Um, so, uh, moving on to the Guelph game. Um, did Gander play? Actually, I, might, I could be wrong. Gander played against Guelph yeah. and Valor. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I, Tabby, I don't know if Tabby's fit again. He had a little injury, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Uh, I, thought, I thought Gander did actually pretty well. Um, so, this... this, this Guelph game was actually like meant a lot to him because obviously he played for them and uh, you know kind of returned to, um, to to his team from like last year. So with this one, I thought we put out a much stronger team. Like we like we had Salter come in, Garcia came in, um, and then uh, Restrepo came in. But one of the big changes was that we brought Moamar in as a center half. So how, how did you think he he played? And um, do you think that's another do we need another central defender? <laughs> because we've got 
Kareem Sale coming back in. So yeah, I, I thought it was an odd decision, but what what did you think of his performance? Um, I don't, I don't think it was his best performance, to be honest. I thought he a couple of stray passes. Um, he got out muscled a couple of times. He, he grew into the game, to be fair to him. And the second half was a bit of a breeze for him, like it was for most of the players. Um, yeah, I when we signed him, that was the thing, wasn't it? Is he a centre back or is he a centre midfielder? Because he played centre back for Toronto Academy for Canada under 17s, I want to say. He was a centre back for them. And then when he went to college in America, he became more of a six. Um, so yeah, it's 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 interesting to see what his development's gonna look like, to be honest, because I I I think Stephen Hart is probably figuring that out as well. And try he's tried him as he's come on a few times as a centre midfielder. Now he's having a game at centre back. So he'll be figuring out what his best position is. And he can the things he likes to do, he can do from both positions, which is ball at feet, no one behind him, head up, be like that kind of deep playmaker. He can do that as a centre back or a centre midfielder. Um but you did see he he wasn't quite he didn't quite have that rhythm and pace yet to like make a decision in a split second and play the pass. And I think that's got to come with him, Is it which which he needs games for, to be honest. Yeah, I, I thought like um, the start, he looked really kind of nervy. And I think there was one time, there was one thing where I thought you should have got a yellow card when uh, it was in the corner. I kind of need to start the game and he, uh, somebody got by him and he kind of like uh, tripped them up and, and stuff for like that. So you, I think you got kind of a bit lucky there, but when he switched the second half, he kind of pushed on a little bit further. I thought he was... When, when Charlotte came on, yeah. yeah. Charlotte got into centre-back and he I, went I, up. I thought he was excellent. And like looking at that and the kind of bits and pieces I've seen him, I, I, I don't think he's a central defender. And no, I don't think... think I, I, I don't think we need him to be, to be honest with you. Like, I, that's what I mean. Like, the thing for the, the thing about this, this these two games that kind of surprised me the most is that like we didn't need to play Rampersat for... 180 minutes in these games. I don't. I don't understand the, the thinking behind it. Like, you know, I would have subbed him off the second Daniel scored. Get Ramsey yes. off. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, like this this game in particular, the the Guelph game. These guys were up for it because obviously they're playing in CPL team. Like you saw when Scooblack came on that he was like up for it because he wanted to prove people wrong and and all that bollocks. But they were <laughs> they were throwing some fucking heavy tackles in. Hey, I know. I and, don't know how. I don't know how they didn't get a red card. There was a couple of studs up on yeah. the ankle, on the foot. Yeah, I was very worried because <laughs> I thought they were losing their heads a bit as well towards the end and getting a bit pissed off that we were strolling it. Yeah, and 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 to be honest with you, I mean, like, there, I don't think we showboated at all. I think there was one moment when Rampy did a bit of a twirl and whatever, but apart from that, like, we weren't showboating. We weren't rubbing our nose into that the, the, the golfing class, but like I just the, the Guelphing class. I was going. I you know, I thought today. No, no. I thought today I was going to use that, and then I was like, no, I won't. Gary will probably say it. So thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I just don't understand, especially when we had like Jeremy on the bench too. We had Lamont on the bench. Like just rest them up. You know, it's like it's I I. I there's no way these guys are going to come back into this game. They were especially because can can you think of another player on our team that can do what Rampy does? I can't. Nope. Like I'm, maybe this is, um, can't think of the word, but but I I feel like I'm in a position now where Rampy getting injured would worry me more than Morelli, and yep. I, maybe I say that because it's been a few weeks now and we still look okay without Morelli. But the idea of that team without Rampy against a good side is, I gives me the give me the shivers to be honest. Yeah, I, I mean, I I don't think that. 
and if the others have the the physical um like he's a big guy he's imposing and i don't think any of the other guys have that about them and i don't think that they have the same calmness on the ball you know to like, receive it in them yeah. areas when you've got yeah. two blokes pressing him and yeah i know so so i, I just that was just my one like, little criticism i guess of stephen Harrington is because i i thought over the two games i thought he played his subs pretty well he rotated the squad pretty well one of the big things for me as well was like you know you kind of you look at these games and obviously you want your team to be better than the team you're playing especially as they're uh, in a division below us or wherever um we, we looked every one of our players looked way better than what they had um, yeah. and that's i'm not trying to be like an asshole and like like look down on them and stuff like that to me that's but that's a good thing for us that most of all of our players like played really well and looked a little bit better than what they had and i think that's what you kind of want um so speaks to the quality of the league because you remember playing vaughn azuri in 2019 and there was there was nothing between us and them um which makes sense really now when you look back at that vaughn team we played it had alistair johnson on it it had um, a couple of MLS players who now play in the MLS on it. So they were they were a legitimately good side. But yeah, they and even last year, really, playing against Blainville, they they looked decent, didn't they? And they really yeah. pushed us. But this was the first time we played a, a lower league team and it's been blatantly obvious how much better we are. Which... It kind of makes me think that maybe the, um, the Quebec League is a little bit above the Ontario because I think at the was it was the master wherever masters wherever one of those teams they played against York last year and got spanked five nil. Mm. There seems to be a little bit of a the, the, the Quebec team seems to be a little bit stronger to be honest. But I, anyway, I don't want to talk too much about like the golfing class because it's not really fair and like um, I, I thought they gave a pretty decent account of themselves considering. But how, how do you think Scooby did when he came on? He got a yellow card. I'm surprised he didn't get a red card. I was I was positive before the game yeah. he'd get a red card. But, He's an absolute lunatic, isn't he? Yeah. But but in fairness to him though, like he had a couple of nice like little t- touches. He bet a player in two and I'm surprised he didn't start the game because I thought he was probably like their best attacker. He gave them a little bit extra when they came on that he was able to spread the ball out. But mm. I think Jimmy Brennan had mentioned in 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 the commentary like how much they just kept giving the ball back to Halifax and they didn't have to. And they were like, I think that's part of you're trying to show off to the CPL team that you're just giving yeah. them that they were trying to do like 50, 60 yard diagonal balls. And it's like, what, why are you trying to do that when the easy pass and you're just making your life more difficult? Um, one of the, one of the, before we get into the kind of our team and how we did it, one of the, one of the big things I really enjoyed was the, the crowd they got out. The whole stadium looked brilliant on TV, didn't it? Yeah. That looks, I think only us and Cavalry and if Pacific had a good camera angle, them, the stadium looks better on TV than theirs did. Like that, that it should be the model of a CPL stadium, that kind of big stand in the middle, which you actually fill with 2000 people. And then if, if they were in the league, a stand behind the goal as well, that you could fit another couple of thousand in. And yeah, it looked brilliant. A really good, really good crowd. So it, so it makes you think like could could a team work there? I, I don't know Ontario at all, but it felt like you know I've had people from York on the show before, and I've had fans from York on the show before, and I I hate like it's that kind of rubbing their nose in the fact they're not getting many fans out of a game. I, but I, I yeah I sorry I hate that as well. I hate the piss taking of York because you're taking the piss out of the people that are doing the thing that you want other people to do, if that makes sense. Like they're yeah. the ones going every week. They they shouldn't be getting taken the piss out of because they're doing it in spite of the fact that there's no one else there. And like, I think that should be respected, not 
taken the piss out of, especially not by people who work for one soccer. But anyway, yeah, yeah, and it was. Just, I think it's the same with with, with Edmonton too. That I think Garrett Wheeler has been an asshole about it. That's it. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, but but it just goes to show me that like that when they selected York as the team, I I don't think they taught it out properly because no. it goes to show you. Like I mean, like Electric City, who are also in League One, had their inaugural game like last week and broke the record of like with 1600 fans. So I think there's enough of those like little smaller towns outside of Toronto that they could have put a, a team into who would have drawn decent crowds. And I, I think it's, it's an impossible job really in York um, to try and get a lot of people out because mm. it it's, there's just so much to go up against and it's, it's in a weird part of Toronto too. And I, I just, I just feel like they're just constantly fighting an uphill battle. But that was just my little my little thing uh, that I noticed. We're, so. we're probably the wrong people to be commenting on this, but from the outside, and again, from someone that doesn't know Ontario very well, I feel like you need to tap into small communities with a high level of civic pride, like Guelph, like um, Electric City, rather than just this... Is it, is it a, York's a suburb of Toronto, basically? Yeah, yeah. So like uh, where you'd, and you and you when you live in a big city, you don't really feel like you belong to that city because it's such a melting pot. Um, so people living there probably don't feel like, yeah, I'm from York. York's York's fantastic. It's I, I would ima- again, I would imagine they probably consider themselves more greater Toronto area. It like in fairness to to Angus and all the people out there, like they're throwing so much at it. Like and they're, I think they've done a fantastic job. In what they're doing to, to build it, the club up and everything about it is super professional. It's just getting the arses on seats is proven very difficult because like if there's and they've moved it to Friday night and all this kind of stuff. But I mean, like the price of tickets to go see TFC, the Raptors, Blue Jays and stuff like that, like it, it's it's another bit of money out of your pocket. And I mean, I'm not being bad, but you know, if, if I lived in Halifax and we had a CPL team or an MLS team, like I'm going to go see the MLS team. I'm sorry, but that's just, I know I sound like an asshole, but that's just the way it is. Right. Cause I mean, you want to see the higher level. That's just me. But anyway, just, that was just my little side note. Um, Samuel Salter. Uh, what did you think of his performance? Uh, since Edmonton, I love old Sammy Salter. The, throughout the whole Edmonton game, when he came on and was brilliant, Shep and I were just going, Sammy fucking Salter. <laughs> I just kept saying it over and over again. Um, and I'm glad because we 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 gave him a bit of shit, didn't we? Um, after the, what, what game was it? We Ottawa, maybe. Yep. When his yep. first touch just wasn't there and he was dreadful. Again, I and we did say this at the time, we thought he was being played out of position, left wing. Still completely think that, and he's been playing on the as a right kind of tucked in right winger, more of a centre forward since, and has looked a completely different player. Um, so yeah, he's he's been he's been good lately. He's he so the, the good thing about the game against Guelph was they were quite big centre backs, and so it's not like he could bully them physically. Like he had to rely on a bit more than that, um, and he was quite technically quite subtle. Um, should have scored two, I think. Yeah, two one on ones, didn't he? So again, that's that was unusual actually, because normally he's a really cool and calm finisher. So to see him, I don't know if he panicked, but he might he, he kind of rushed the first one a little bit. To see that was a bit unusual, but again, like Marshall and Ben, happy to see him getting in those positions. And yeah, he was good. I I, I really thought that um, his touch was amazing, but his ability to beat people, like you know, it's uh, I don't uh, like. It's something that we've kind of seen flashes of, but in this game, like um, he he was excellent. Like I mean, like 
Um, I don't know many times he he beat his man and opened stuff up for us. Like I was really impressed with him. I I, I, I mentioned to a few people like last night during the game. Like I mean, what a game he's having. And I know it's it's Guelph, but you still got to you still got to do your stuff. And I, I thought that was probably his best all round game. I've seen him play in a wonders. Like you know, a goal would have been nice, but. Everything else about it was uh, was was super super uh, impressed. Um, who, who would you say our strongest front three is at the moment? Corey Bent, Salter, and then it's kind so of like, Corey. You like him on the right, yeah? Uh, like on the right or the left? Like like being honest with mm. you, like like what you said earlier on kind of makes sense to me. Like I I I I don't think it matters as much where he's playing now because he's just going at people, you know. And he's he, and very he, central if he plays on the yeah, right or the left. So yeah. So, so whereas before I, I thought that he just looked better on the right because all he was doing was just like trying to come inside and just lay the ball off. But now he's like being a lot more uh, like dynamic. Like I, I actually don't mind what side he plays on. Um, like it's kind of tough. Like, I mean, like Akeem didn't do all that much wrong like like last night, but I still don't think it was the greatest game that he's had. Like it, it's just, yeah. it's. Kind of... Would you play Robinson then instead? I... I would probably what I'd probably do is I'd probably have Robinson on the left or right, like him or Bent, and then put Salter in the middle. I think Salter mm. is the best centre forward that we have at the club right now, um, with Morelio. And I just don't. I think Akeem's a str- like struggling man. I, I don't know what like you know he got the penalty and and all that kind of stuff, and he got into a few like nice little positions, but like he just didn't he, like he should be standing out in this game. You know, like like he, he's he was top scorer at the Ireland games. There's talk rumors of like you know he might get an MLS move out whatever blah 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 blah, but looking at that game last night you wouldn't think that right I mean like I I just thought he just looked okay, um, whereas- yeah he's still he's finding himself again isn't he I still feel like we're on a we're on that journey I don't think he's there yet confidence wise or physically trusting himself yet um, with, with Salter would you do you think he could do that kind of dropping in false nine stuff which we seem to want from a centre of our number nine. He, I think I, I, I think he can. I've not seen yeah. any evidence really of it yet, but I think he probably can. Just looking at like last night, a couple of uh, opportunities he created for himself. I think there was one from outside the box that you, you got to save out a keeper. Like he, he has that touch to like beat somebody, and I think that having that in a false nine where you can like kind of just get past your marker and open the space to lay it off is huge. And I think he definitely can do it. And I, I think just as an out and out uh, striker, like he's probably still like I think he's also like one of the best that we have because I think mm. there was one chance that he, like, he, he scored a header like he kind of put himself about a little bit which was kind of nice to see too so yeah like uh, watching the Ottawa game he's not a winger <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and no matter how much like Stephen Hart tries to like as you said like Stephen Hart like what like he's, he's got a defined system of, what, of how he wants us to play and he's just trying to take people out and put other people in but that doesn't always work because like you got to work out with what you've got. And I don't think Salter fits into that role that well. No. So this is like night and day compared to what he was like against Ottawa. And I'm, yeah. I'm happy for him because he's a good lad. Right. So um, yeah. yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the new guys like as well. Like what I'm interested to see where he fits in that front three. Um, I'm sure you watched the YouTube stuff, the same as me, the highlight stuff. And he looks, he looks good. He looks very, he looks very threatening, very direct, very dribbly, quite gangly, isn't he? He's, um left-footed as well so he's uh he's sticked in so uh yeah, yeah. I, but I, I definitely like you know i watch a lot of the the fury stuff that he like and he and it's not easy 
scoring goals and creating chances in that league. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited. It's kind of another one from the Wanderers that's kind of just out of left field, but um, I'm really he was that. He's been training for a while because we, in the Discord group, we were looking at training pictures a couple of weeks ago and we, we, he was in one of them and we were all going, who's he? And nice. no one knew. No one knew at the time, but when, he got, when we signed him, obviously, he was like, oh, that's that guy we were trying to... So he's obviously been training for a while. He's played with Daniels and Jeremy, so... I would imagine they gave him a good reference. Um, be interesting to see. I, to be honest, I still feel a bit burnt by Kamara. I really didn't rate Kamara or Portal or Portal last year, um, and I'm so I'm bringing my bias, my um, not bias. I'm bringing my baggage to the table. But hopefully he's <laughs> hopefully he's good. Hopefully he's a good player because he's certainly done it at a high level. It's just whether I don't, I don't know what kind of league the Senegalese league is, but hopefully he's pretty fit and sharp. I, I, I know where you're coming from. The fact that like he did really well at the Fury and then just kind of disappeared. You know what I mean? Like why like mm. why why did he go back to Senegal? And it just there just seems to maybe, maybe maybe that is a good I don't know anything about it. Like maybe that's one of the better African leagues. I have no idea. Might be good money. Um so yeah, maybe he went there for, for that, but it does seem with our very like North American centric head on, it seems yeah. quite strange. Yeah, it just seems like a weird, like uh there's a missing story or something but uh, I really, it, re- it reeks of um aziz because yeah. aziz was here for a year <laughs> and we all know i have theories about aziz in that he doesn't exist and never has existed but yeah he came here for a year then he's just been playing in somalia since hasn't he so yeah um, um so yeah so this guy's better than aziz international man of mystery um, <laughs> so um overall like i, I think the two games as i said like i, I like it, it's it was actually nice watching the wanderers play good football and the, the press is like even more impressive it was it's been like fantastic like how much we're not given uh the opposition time on the ball and everybody just knows what they're expected to do and it's, it just looks like it's been drilled into them the whole uh off season but we we have to talk about how bad the finishing's been like i mean like let's like uh, we try not to be debbie downers on the show and you know I'm always painted somehow as being this negative fucking like grumpy old bastard, which is fine. Like whatever, I'll, I'll take it. But uh, we have to like, we have to be like also critical when, when we have to be. And what do you think is going on? <laughs> like it, it's, it's nuts, man. Like, like honestly, yeah. like, like especially in this game, the chances that we missed were fucking horrendous. Oh man, I know. I know. I, do, I, I watched, I watched a couple of them back and the bent open goal. He just, he can't get his feet set. So the ball comes across and it's kind of coming towards his left foot. And you see him in a split second, trying like angle his body. So it's on his right foot. And then it's just, it just, it's just a mess. The salt of one-on-ones, he just hit it too centrally. Yeah. It's just, it's just, we, we are so dedicated to underperforming our XG. It's unbelievable actually how, to the point where it's quite funny. I think like last night, because the game, I always felt pretty confident we were going to win. I was just laughing at those. Ch- I, I didn't feel angry last night. I just, it was so far beyond that that it would be, it'd become quite funny. And like, I felt like the Benny Hill music should have been playing for a few of them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like the, the, the Corey Bent one, in fairness to him, uh, I'm trying to just get him out of jail here a little bit. I thought that Daniels played it very quickly at him. Like, he kinda, that, pitch, like that pitch was shit like, as well. Yeah. So, I'll kind of give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm trying to help him out because he's a nice yeah. guy and he's been playing well. The Akeem one against the post was 
fucking dis- disgraceful. I'm sorry, but that, like the, the fact no, that the, the fact we got a penalty out of it, like was God smiling on that. That moment. reminded me of remember the home opener against Ottawa last year where he missed an open goal, but then it yeah. fell to Morelli. So everyone forgets about the, yeah. the miss. So I think this time that's going to be forgotten about because it's a penalty. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Poor. I'm not going to let it happen. Um, <laughs> but. Also, I, I think as well, we were very cocky with some of the ways that we tried to finish the, the, the these chances off. There's the Salta one when he tried to like almost like lob the keeper or something. He had like the one-on-one in the, the second half. I see uh, he tried to lob the keeper as well, didn't he? Yeah. Like, like, what and he ended up to... like, passing him to him, yeah, passing it to him. Like the Akeem one, like, I mean, like you're, you're short of confidence, right? Like you're trying to get yourself on the score sheet and then you try and do something like that. Just bury I'm, the fucking I... thing, you know? I might be misremembering, but I think a game or two ago, he was in a similar position and put too much on it and it went over. Am I? I feel like I'm remembering that right. And maybe this time that was in his head. So he thought, oh, I overdid it last time. So, but yeah, like you said, laces, just head down, laces. Very fucking, and that's yeah. the thing though, like if if you take the shot and the keeper saves it, like, like from a chat, like from hitting the ball properly, Mm. nobody will think the worst of you they'll go like okay like he's getting in there great save from the keeper blah 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 but when you do something like dinky like that like it's just like 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 what the fuck are you doing here and it almost like it's insulting to your team to think that it's okay to to do that it always reminds me of the mario balotelli thing against the galaxy when he oh, took in the friend the friendly yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, mancini was fuming wasn't he <laughs> mm. but, but it, it's just I, I don't. I don't think he was taking the piss. I think it was just a really poor finish. I thought he was trying to be a bit too clever, and yeah, he should have just just welly it sometimes. So, I'm, I'm kind of. I'm kind of glad that Stephen Hart shaves his head because whatever hair he has, he would have just pulled it out <laughs> last night. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so you're you're Stephen Hart. Uh, what do you do to change this? Like, like I mean, it's, the finishing. Yeah. I, I, I'm completely i think pep guardiola said this so i'm going to steal his words or at least paraphrase them but he kind of said all i can do is coach them to the point where they're in them positions and then it's up to them and like he's kind of a big believer in you can't really coach that you i mean you can do finishing drills and stuff in training and all that stuff but in the in the heat of the moment that's not going to change whether like we heart and, and i think a lot of this is dorado actually like we've now got to the point where we can create chances in the final third and now it's that last bit and that's on the players. It's up to them. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how you, I don't know how you coach that. I, I, I really feel like like one of the players is going to take off. Like it's going to be like Morelli like last year where I feel like. Yeah, like I still if, think Ben. Yeah, that's, he looks the most likely to me because he's mm. getting into, he's creating an awful lot of chance. Like there was one or two chances last night where he had shots from outside the box that like I think somebody had said like in the Discord thing about like um you know him at CBU he's finishing that chance which is fair enough because he was lethal at, at CBU mm. and I, I think he's getting back to that but he does definitely does look the most likely to go off and score 15 goals this season um but yeah it's you know I was watching like last night as I said like if if this had been another dreary wanderers performance I would have been a lot pissed pissed off but it was yeah. actually a really entertaining game and I thought we played really, really well and like came away with 2 0 and we got TFC in the next round. So you can't really be that much no. of a negative, but it's just, it's just, yeah. I think it was, it was, I think it was Derek had said in the thing, like these lads couldn't finish the sentence, which I thought was, <laughs> was kind of nice. But um, before before we go, um, uh, oh, I didn't actually ask you uh, about the match, but before we go, we have to talk about the, the Daniels goal. Like you've, you've, you've been 
saying he's capable of this stuff since the start of the season and um you, you, you kind of know he's capable of it but man what a fucking goal absolutely <laughs> twatted it didn't he yeah. it, it was just pure class yeah I know the power accuracy thought the keeper could have maybe done a bit better but it was no I, I don't think many keepers are saving that yeah he's got he's got that in his locker like if you even even if you'd never watched him in full matches if you watched any of the highlight tapes then he scored that's that's not a fluke he scored that goal before and he scored variations of that goal before so yeah and hopefully this gives him the confidence to do it a bit more as well because he has been He's been injured, and after the game, when they asked him about the goal, did you, did you see what he said? Like he he wasn't going to take the shot on because he's his right quad's been injured, and that's why he's missed a few games and only been playing halves. And he was worried about doing it by having that shot, but he said he just went for it, and obviously his quad felt fine and it went in. So hopefully that will give him the confidence to trust to trust his body a bit more and and do more of that. Like he, he could have scored a similar sort of goal against York in the first game. And I thought he was really bright in that first game against York. I was really excited about him anyway. And then, yeah, injuries. So he's played like a half here or there. So it was nice to see him get, he did play 90 minutes yesterday, didn't he? Uh, no, he, close came, to. Off. Yeah, he oh. came off uh, for somebody. But yeah. So, it, it, so building his fitness up, because yeah. we, we, we're going to need him. Like we've, we've talking about it earlier, but, the, the amount he adds to this team in, in his qualities. Um, we need a player like that. So, yeah, lovely to see him score. Confidence should be high. Um, so, yeah, very happy. Just uh, like you're right, it's been like very um, stoppy starty for him. You know, like he, mm. uh, he played really well against York and then the injury and it's kind of like just minutes here and there. And I don't think he's had the full, I, I think a run of games is going to be such a, a big difference for him. And we kind of talked before about like, you know, Maybe we don't need somebody to score 15 goals. We just need some people to chip in with more than what they did last year. And from that evidence, like he definitely could be one of those players that, you know, five five goals from midfield. Lamont had some really good chances, I thought, too, against Valor. So he could probably chip in with a couple of goals. Rampy just kind of the same. I don't think Rampy, Rampy won't score. Well, he might score one or two, but yeah, the way where he's playing on the pitch is not going to be there. But but like He's he's like he's had some really good chances this year though. Yeah, that's, that's the, true. He, actually, yeah. he, he hit the bar in this game. I, I th- he had a really good chance. I think against Valor too. Anyway, so yeah, so I think that's all we need is just like just maybe just like you know I still think that one of our forwards is going to go off on one, but um, yeah. just having somebody chipping in the goal. So um, I, I did I did forget to ask you. So who was your man of match against uh, Valor? For Valor. Um... Oh, let's give it Marshall, just because I just because we were quite harsh on him in the last episode, and I thought he really worked hard, missed a lot of chances, but everything else was was good. So yeah, Marshall for Valor. Uh, I'm going to give it to uh, Corey Bender. I just thought he was he was on it, um, mm-hmm. and you know, on another day, I, he had a really good chance. I think when Marshall knocked it back to him and it got cleared off the line, but it was like a really weak ass shot. And I think on another day, like he's burying that one. So yeah, I, I'm going to yeah. give it to Corey Bent. And then uh, Guelph, who was they gave it they gave it to Daniels, but like I, I, I thought that, he scored. Yeah, but like, like he, had, he, he had a pretty decent game, but I don't think he was like the most outstanding player. Like he's, he's kind of coming in out of the game a lot. So um, who, who did who would you give it to? I'd give it Ramp Rampasad for the Guelph game. I thought he reminded me of you know those Japanese game shows do that thing sometimes where they'll have like three professional footballers play against forty kids. And they see how many they can score. And it felt watching Rambasad, it felt like that to me. He was just like the only adult on the pitch. 
he was absolutely he, he took the piss without <laughs> he was not in like a bad way but he was just so much better than anyone else in that midfield so yeah I, rampant I, for me I think I saw one of those where it was like Steven Gerrard and Robbie Keane against a bunch of kids in Los yeah. Angeles yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing um, I'm actually going to give it to uh, Mr. Salter I think that he um, uh, I just thought his his touch was was on point he created like some nice little chances for himself he got unlucky I think he had a header off a corner in the first half maybe when he kind of headed it down um, so yeah, like I, I think he created like an awful lot for himself as much as um, people laying stuff on for him. So I think it was one of his best games for the Wanderers. So yeah, man. So um, we have uh, Calvary on Sunday. Sunday. Yep. So you've seen the so so Thursday. So Thursday, twenty two degrees. Friday, twenty eight degrees. Saturday, twenty five degrees. Uh, Sunday, eleven degrees and pissing it down. So <laughs> it must be a home game. It must be. <laughs> I, I did see that. Uh, yeah. I, I think people were saying like we're going to get burnt Thursday, yeah. Friday, and Saturday, and then it just got all cooled down and so yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's typical Halifax, man. So yeah, Gary, yeah. Uh, thanks for hanging out, man. It's been it's been fun, like looking back at the two games, um, and uh, you know I, I'm starting to feel. Uh, confident for the season after these last two games, you know, like I'm saying, oh God, I hope you've not jinxed uh, it there. But... I know, right? it's, <laughs> it's, it's what I do. do. You know what this is? This is like this is being a Tottenham fan, man. You get your hopes up and then we just get booted down. Oh. So, yeah, <laughs> take care, man. Yes, mate. Good. Bye, Cheers, buddy. Come on.